This is Sophie Fine, and I am reading The National Gallery. The National Gallery. I glanced at my watch and looked out over Trafalgar Square, pretending I was waiting for someone. A couple I knew from somewhere, maybe a film, walked past me and through the double doors with a quick nod. I should just follow them in, I told myself, trying once more to squash down the nerves fluttering around my ribcage. I took a breath of crisp air. He might have forgotten. He might just not care anymore. His invitation had been a breezy aside in one of our weekly phone calls. Still, I have bought a new dress and spent an hour teasing my hair into the perfect low chignon. The soft green silk followed my every curve, brushing against my skin and sending thrills up my spine. It was so silly, like I was acting out a teenage fantasy. I just wanted to see if he still liked me, like, like-liked me. Smiling at myself, I turned and finally walked into the National Gallery. Christopher was standing at the bottom of the stairs leading to the galleries. The room was crowded with celebrities and art buyers bent on ignoring the curatorial staff so they could show off their connoisseurship. Dressed in beautiful suits and shimmering dresses, they still could not rival the jewel tones catching fire in Titian's masterpieces. Ruby and sapphire stains of color surrounding pink and yellow canvases spilling over with voluptuous flesh. Yet, the flash of emerald in his eyes when he looked up at me made my heart skip. Smiling, I walked down the stairs and stood in front of him. He looked as if he was holding his breath. I smiled again, but this time I could feel it waver on my bottom lip. What if he hadn't expected me to come? Did he want us to stay friends, as we had worked so hard to do since that night? Two years is a long time. Suddenly, he wrapped both of his arms around me, pulling me towards his chest. His heart beat against my cheek, and I could feel him letting out a sigh, like a little growl of pleasure. He smelled like soap and mahogany and sawdust. I pulled away, looking up at him, grinning. Did you do a little last minute hanging? He glanced around, realizing that he was holding me very tightly at a work event. Then he relaxed and beamed down at me. The Diana and a Seaton in the corner. How did you know? You smell like it. I shrugged and registered the temptation to bury my nose in his shirt. God, it's good to see you again. You've not changed, Christopher. He looked a little disappointed and turned to look out over the crowd. He was at least half a head taller than most and built like a brick wall. Mm, I guess maybe not, he mumbled. Do you want a glass of wine? It's awfully hot in here and I can see Sally passing around the training of the, uh, the rape, sorry. I could feel my cheeks flush red and a familiar lump rise in my throat. So I looked down at my shoes and swallowed. It had been so cruel to him, making like I hadn't wanted to kiss him all those years ago, like he had crossed a boundary and broken the trust in our friendship. I'd been such an idiot, too scared to admit that I wanted him to kiss me more than anything that night on the balcony, that I had leaned in, that I had watched his lips, that being kissed 
by Christopher had woken something feral in me. I had no idea it was there. I had wanted to throw the surge of guilt about leaning into his shoulders, or at least that's what I told myself. I wanted desperately to apologize now. I had tried over the phone once, but he had just brushed it off like it pained him to remember. Now I just smiled at him, tight-lipped, and gestured for him to leave the way. I could do with a drink. The wine was cold and refreshing, but the press and murmur of the crowd was still overwhelming. We stood, staring silently, at a seat and pulling back the curtain to reveal Diana and her nymphs. Then I felt him look over at me, and I tried to resist looking back immediately, like I had been waiting for him to see me. I felt him brush my hair from my forehead before I sought his hand and jumped a little. I'd been staring too hard at the painting, trying to stifle my desire to run away and into his arms at the same time. You have a leaf, he grinned. Typical. It's autumn and it's windy, I said in a huff. And you don't know what is typical for me anymore. Inside, I cringed, knowing how hard my voice sounded. I tried to make it better. Maybe I'm something for you to discover now. I glanced nervously back at a seat and do you think he expected to see Diana behind the curtain? Come, Christopher growled in my ear, taking my near empty glass and setting it down. I followed him down a gallery of Rembrandts and Raphaels, oddly dark and brown looking after the splendors of Titian's grand displays. The lights had been dimmed and when he lifted a red velvet rope so I could slip into the French Impressionist galleries, I looked up at him with a skeptically raised eyebrow. He grinned. Don't worry, I'm allowed. He leaned in close, pushing me gently through the archway. Trust me. I swiveled around on my heel and tried to find his gaze in the darkness. I do, I said, trying to put all the things I hadn't had the chance to say to him into those two words. He walked away silently, so I followed him through another archway and another until we came into the long gallery, lit from above by the old Victorian skylight. The moonlight and flickering London traffic bounced off the white walls, making the sunlit waters and swaying trees of the Impressionists come to life. Here, he stopped in front of a small painting showing a row of trees in a field. Concentrating, Pissarro's flecks of paint took shape until I could see a woman in white standing between the trees. It's a new acquisition. We hung it yesterday. He seemed to be spilling out his words as if he had kept them locked tightly in his chest. I thought you would like to see it. She, the woman, she reminds me of you. Of me? I asked, straightening and turning to him. Yes, I, I see you everywhere in the soft curls of Gainsborough's women, in the blue of Monet's water, in the Madonna of the rocks touching her child. And sorry, I... No, you don't want me. I won't touch you, I promise. You want us to stay friends, but I can't do it if you're here. If you keep being everywhere. I felt the lump in my throat grow, choking me so that I could not say a single word of the things I had planned to tell him. Instead, I reached up and pulled his mouth down to mine. I could feel him hesitate, brushing softly at my mouth and pulling away a little. I raised myself onto my tiptoes so I could pull his mouth to mine with my lips, 
tangling my hands in his hair, inhaling his breath. He responded by pulling me into those big, strong arms again, this time lifting me slightly off the floor. I pulled away and held his beautiful face between my hands, whispering, I've wanted you since before, before everything. I'm so sorry, I was scared. I've wanted you and I was just running away. I'm never leaving again, I promise. I pulled him down for another kiss and then released him so I could pant. Trust me. I could feel him smiling into my hair as I pushed my face into his chest, holding on to him as if for dear life. I looked around, seeing all the beautiful images that danced in the ever-changing lights. The gallery was quiet. The noise from the exhibition opening had long since faded and we were completely alone. Holding his gaze, I took both his hands and pulled him over to one of the long plush couches. I can't wait. I guess I've waited too long already. I need you. I pushed him down to sit on the couch and straddled him, tracing his muscles under his shirt, feeling out his broad frame with my fingertips. Are you sure? He mumbled. I can't, I can't be wrong again. Trust me. My dress had slipped up my thighs and he ran his hands from my knees to my waist, pushing the dress up and making the hairs in my arms stand on end. I couldn't believe this was really happening. He rolled my silk-covered nipple in his mouth, then pulled the dress over my breast in one smooth, slow motion. In his hands, I felt as precious as a work of art. I undid his buckle and pulled his shirt from his trousers, letting my hands savor his warmth and find his hardness. When we connected, it felt like it should have been like this forever and like I could never let it stop. Then we moved in slow circles, dancing against each other like Suzanne's bathers, or bending and moving to each other as if made of the same metal, pushed into shape by Rodin's hands. I inhaled his sawdust scent and he moaned his pleasure in my ear. My world was just this, this roaring open space full of beauty and passion, movement and joy, light and him. My world is full of him. Thank you for listening. 